Hey, ¿qué pasa, Calexico? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, before we begin today, um, I want to thank my sponsors, uh, my anchor sponsors, my friends from Las Pichoneras, Jake, Sergio, and Jonathan. And I also want to thank David Gastelum if you're thinking of buying or selling a home in the Imperial or San Diego counties, make sure you call David Gastelum. Um, his number is 760-235-9576. He's not only, not only a realtor, but, a, but an investor with over 20 years of experience. He will not only help you uh, buy a property, but he'll help you along the way in one of the, your most important um, you know, purchases in your life. So make sure you call, contact David, find him on, on Facebook, or give him a call, 760-235-9576. And today we're back in Calexico. I haven't been in Calexico in a while, talking to somebody from, from my own city. been in Brawley and in El Centro. Uh, but today I'm back in Calexico, and today I'm here with Lucy Padilla Jr., who is the director of curriculum technology, uh, instructional technology, instructional technology for uh, the Calexico Unified School District. Thank you for being with me. Thank you, Jose. Real excited. Thank you for having me on, on your show. Um, you, normally, when I um, have somebody on my show, I um, ask, them, ask them to tell a little bit about themselves. You know, before you got to where you're at right now. Um, you know, are you a Calexico? Born and raised, or yeah, actually, I, I've been here since probably soon after birth. Um, but just I was born in King City, California, but it's been you know just a few months old. I've been here in Calexico, uh, just a proud son of migrant parents, uh, proud proud of Calexico schools. Uh, I spent my entire career here. I've been uh, I, I was a teacher for uh, nine years, both at the elementary and the secondary level. I was a principal for seven years for Jefferson Elementary, and then I'm in my current position for the the past five years as as director of instructional technology so if you um could put it like in um, layman's words what is uh the director of technology um director of instructional technology do here in, in, in the district so i think what um what i'm really excited about you know just really proud um to be part of our school district that has been investing a lot of money in technology. They really have been tremendously supportive uh, and, you know, really forward thinking in terms of increasing access for, for, for technology to students. And really what my main role is to to provide leadership and, uh, and expertise in the area of the instructional use of technology, right? So very, very, there's just crucial components to technology obviously one of it is the the infrastructure sustainability of that infrastructure but then that that other than crucial component is how's it being used yeah. for instruction to make an impact in the lives of students and so that's that's i think we have a, a, a just a great team overall in calexico um i think we have a tremendous amount of leadership and just some very very talented uh, staff not only here at the district office but also at the school sites and so i'm, I'm real proud to be part of what i feel is something real real special has been happening in calexico especially in terms of technology overall in technology and also in, in the instructional part yeah and, and your position um are there any people in the in the county that the same thing or so as, as, as to to my knowledge i'm it's probably uh, uh Although it's maybe a unique position in the valley, it, it, it's more common in, in some of the bigger cities. You see it a lot more in San Diego, L.A., San Francisco, Santa Clara area. You see a lot more of the positions that I currently hold. Uh, and so it really, I think it speaks speaks a lot um, for, for it to be in a position where, where there's an investment on both sides of that technology, you know, just making it real, real important um, to have it. So I, I think we're, we're probably the only one here in, in, in Pro Valley. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it kind of shows that, you know, we're trying to move forward in terms of, you know, 
looking forward and, and making sure that we're ready for, for I mean, the, the change. Because, I mean, we all know that um, every, there's a lot of changes that are going on. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just thinking about, you know, cell phones or podcasting, you know, it, it, it's, it's changing. And, and you know, to, um, education is, you know, really um, hasn't changed much. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe like a century. I don't know how, mm-hmm. you know, that we had like an educational system in our country. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's basically the same. It's been the same for a long time. And, um, you know, implementing technology in, in, in schools is, is a crucial part because um, because when you go into the real world, you know, you're obviously going to start using technology. Yes. Um, how do you feel that, you know, that we're moving forward in, in terms of, you know, making sure that our, our students and our staff is, you know, um, ready for, for the, that change? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, really the process started... Um, it started five years ago, and, and it really started by by having a committee. We have a district technology committee here at the district. We have representation from different stakeholders, and and it really it began before we started making any any investments. Um, it, it really came by really talking about what technology and learn technology and, te- and and learning would look teaching learning would look like in in, in Calexico and what role technology would play, and we've been developing our plan in those different components. And so, definitely having a very strong infrastructure has been uh, has been one. And I think we have a very very strong infrastructure, mm-hmm. and then s- certainly then the other piece is that e- increase to access, right? And so it, we came with a lot of work. Uh, need to be done but through the support of alcap we're approaching very close to having a hundred percent of our of our of our teaching staff with a with a device that is four years or less and so it's been taking a long time to be able to upgrade but we're, we're getting there to a hundred percent with our teaching staff and then we've been expanding in, in one-to-one access very strategically through recommendations to the tech committee to be providing those those one-to-one uh, learn environment for our students. And then that third component then has just been really the professional development for it. So we've got infrastructure, uh, we got access, access to technology for our, for our teachers, for our students. And then the next big piece is in that professional development piece. And certainly there's a few other crucial pieces to it. And so those are the ones that, that we're working on. I think that kind of, kind of leads into what you were referring to, right? So we, you can have all the technology and all the training. But then there really has to be a huge shift in the way of thinking. Yes. And that's where there's been a lot of a lot of our focus lately. And so one of one of the struggles that we encounter was, OK, we got technology and I'm getting training, but, you know, we're still expected to follow these steps or these procedures and so change was a little, a little bit, perhaps a little bit more challenging and understandably so, right? So you like, um, for example, report card, but the report card is still the same. And yeah. so the progress monitoring is still the same and the assessments are still the same. And so what we were asking teachers to do in terms of the use of technology, perhaps wasn't matching what they were going to be asked to report out with students. Yeah. So you got, so let's just talk about what we're doing right now. I mean, podcasting is super awesome, right? But one of the things that might hold a teacher back will say, well, how is that going to fit into the report card? How is that going to ref- how is that going to re- uh, reflect on on SBAC testing? Mm-hmm. Do I think students should be given uh, a, a voice? Absolutely. And what we're doing today is a perfect example of the thing that we can be doing with our students, give them a powerful voice, sending out their voice out to the world, having them share their story, sharing out their message, have advocating for the thing that they believe. But one of the things that can be a real big barrier for it is 
well, that's you know, there's there's no assessment for it. Yeah. There's there's no assessment at the site. There's mm-hmm. no assessment at the state level. There there's it's not being reported out in, into into the report card. So one of the things that we're really working is how do we how do we start making those shifts in terms of of philosophy, in terms of pedagogy, in terms of you know this is something that's just really good for kids, whether it whether or not it's in our traditional testing, and then just even. Um, because uh, we have to get interesting enough today, uh, we've been working with all our kindergarten teachers across the district, and we've been working with them to to redesign our our kindergarten report card. And actually, today I'm, I'm, it's been a super exciting day because we finalized the, the kindergarten report card, and um, it, it is really I think when people will see it, I think they'll begin to see some of that evidence of that shift of progressive thinking forward thinking uh i'm actually interested in showing it to our, our first group of parents to start seeing it reviewing it giving us feedback because i think it's going to be quite quite different than what most people are, are are used to seeing yeah um so you've been here uh, at this position five years mm-hmm. but you taught you know you were a teacher and then principal mm-hmm. um when when was it that you were like you know what i want to you know focus on or when, when did you decide you want to go into into education first? Like, yeah, it's an interesting story. I think um, and it's a story that I've been reliving a lot lately because I have a daughter that's about to go to college. She's a senior, and um, and so you know, I, I I I reflect a lot now just on seeing my daughter about to make decisions about college, and and one of my reflections that is coming real close to home is that um, I think early on I was looking at a career that had to do with technology. I was looking at DeVry. I was looking at ITT. Uh, I was kind of looking a little bit more on the technical side. So I kind of already had like a, like I would like technology. And, um, and then about, about a month before graduation, I'm not sure if you know, I'm pretty sure you know Juan Rodriguez, teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why Juan at the time came and was serving. I was a senior, so I didn't, I didn't know him. That was the first time I met him. He pulled me into the office kind of like for a counseling session. It was more like an academic counseling session. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you know what? If you're going to go into a trade school, he was like, I definitely recommend that you go to Mortar DeVry. That gives you more like a bachelor's degree in technology. I wouldn't recommend just, you know, something that's going to give you like a two-year certificate. And so he, he gave me, we had just, we, I, like I said, I, I, I'm assuming it was some sort of constant rule. I can't tell you exactly the detail why he pulled me in, but he pulled me in. And it was but he was already a, like a... An employee of the district. I'm not even sure what his role was. That's what makes it so interesting. I, I just know it was one. Uh-huh. It was Juan Rodriguez. And it was about a month before graduation. He pulled me in and he wanted to talk to me about my goals and what I had planned. And and so I, I kind of saw him as a counselor. I guess next time I'll see him, I'll ask him, hey, why did you pull me out? Yeah. <laughs> but he, he pulled me out as a counselor and we're having a conversation. And, excuse me, and about... um. I, I, it just, I think the conversation impacted me quite a bit. I left there and I said, you know what? I, I just, I just, just I, I, I kind of left discouraged about going for a, for a certificate in technology. And, um, and I remember just going home and I remember telling my dad, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here for IVC and I'm going to go into to be a teacher. As a matter of fact, a few weeks later, I was already enrolled, started. I graduated, you know, probably a Wednesday, Thursday, maybe a Friday. By Monday, I was in school at IVC, starting my career as a teacher. And and I was off I was off and running. Interestingly enough, though, at about maybe three years, uh, three years into my career, uh, at that point, you know, my, my career had just been focused on on teaching. 
um, I'm not sure if you know Luis, Luis Torres. Um, yeah. I was talking to Luis, and he's a real close friend of mine. And Luis asked me, well, how much do you know about technology? And and so, you know, I hadn't really kept up other than I had an interest. You know, I hadn't really kept up, and I said, not much. And he was like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty embarrassing. You're, you're a teacher. You should know about technology. And again, it was one of those, it was a statement that just, it hit home. You know, it was like, you know, it's just like, it kind of made sense. And soon after, there was an application um, called for a grant. It was called Desert Without Borders. It was a grant that the Imperial County Office of Ed had. Uh, leading the, the, the grant at, at that time, it was a part, period of transition, was, was Mike Castillo, mm-hmm. who's now current, one of our current board members. And before that, I, I didn't know Mike. Uh, but Mike was, uh, was the... Uh, he was he was in a lead position soon after became the director uh, for technology there at the county office overseeing the grant and it was just a great grant where they would um they paid you a stipend they gave you a sony mavica one of those with a floppy disk yeah they gave me a a, a, a macbook uh, no let me let me correct you it wasn't little it was it was, <laughs> it was big i remember those yeah the I mean, if, if you had to put in a floppy disk i mean imagine mm. the size of a floppy disk so yeah it wasn't. It was little. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those big uh, Sony Mavicas, the uh, floppy floppy disk, and they gave you a MacBook or a computer of your choice. I chose a MacBook, and and then they um maybe we got a camcorder, and it was all training on the new standards, the new California standards, and just really training, really centered on standards and how to use technology to support the standards. Uh, we got that's how I got to go to my first Q conference, and it was just ongoing training there at the county, and I developed um, just a passion for technology. I really started working uh, with, with a lot with my students at the time at Mains, and and I remember Mike was just very supportive. If I wanted to do something, he find a way to 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 lend me either equipment. Or we started video conferencing, which was brand new at the yeah. time. And With they would buy a com. And they would charge you for video conferencing. And Mike out of his funds for the county office, he would pay uh, he would pay the fees for the video conferencing. So our very, very first video conference, we we took a, like a field trip, if you will, from, mm. from Maine's Elementary at the time, came over to the boardroom. Bob Simon, who was the the, the director of technology for mm. the school district at the time, he he set up the the equipment that Viacom uh, set up in the boardroom, and we had a, a, a just an hour session with the San Diego Zoo at the time. A phenomenal experience, field trip experience. We were just seeing the animals and interacting with their with their with with their staff, learning about them. And then we had two more that were hosted. One then at the library at Mains, and then we went. The third one was in my classroom there at Mains. And so we invited some different teachers. And I remember uh, again once more just. Tremendous amount of support from a lot of different folks, definitely from 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 Mike, who would provide the funds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also would lend me a lot, quite a bit of equipment. I remember so I could always, they were always been my favorite. I was a special place in my heart for them. But those, those iBooks that were like a little suitcase yeah. with the real, the real colorful uh-huh. ones. I had like seven of those in my classroom. We did a, Then we did an actual field trip to the San Diego Zoo. And I remember taking like Tony's. 10 Sony Mavicas and we did a we did a project that got published in the in the Q magazine and I remember going with the Sony Mavicas and I remember people were were concerned right well because it was second graders mm-hmm. they're like well what happens if the if the camera breaks and and it was interesting because it wasn't really didn't go through my mind what would happen you know if it broke what was going through my mind was 
the experience, yeah. you, know, you know, the experience that I wanted to provide and for them to have and to be able to come and, and you know, produce their presentations, present their presentations, to use their videos. And it was really just embracing the mentality. You know, you never want it to break, but if it breaks, it breaks, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the, it could happen to your own equipment. You know? To your own equipment. Yeah. It, it was more of thinking it's it's what i'm looking for them to gain and it's and it's been a mentality that i think has has served me well over the years just really more thinking about the opportunities as opposed to what could go wrong if something yeah. something happens something and, breaks and now that you mentioned like your the the schools you worked at mm-hmm. um you know you worked at mains and um, you know mains is a has a demographic of you know lower income mm-hmm. students mm-hmm. um jefferson has you know kind of like a mix mix of both and you know it's kind of it's kind of fun that because you know, when I was when I was growing up you know there's none of this exi- existed so like it would have been fun like to go out even like the video conferencing I remember because it's funny because you, you mentioned all these things and mm-hmm. when I've been working for the district for like 20 years now so mm-hmm. like I remember like setting up for like the Viacom like mm-hmm. uh, you know video conferencing and stuff like that like using the 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 big mic and mm-hmm. and and the camera that looked kind of like a you know it was like a little robot and mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy, you know, that it, it's taking me back to like, mm-hmm. to, to all that. And now to where we're at, cause when, you know, when I left high school, we were barely like getting computers that had the internet on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, we have thousands of Chromebooks that you know, c- can connect to, to the, but like going back to what we were saying about, you know, the experience, you know, um, having them, you know, use the technology and, 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 and you know, just something new to, um, to them is, 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 um, Something that, yeah, you know, and, and, and it's the demographic you were working with, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. it's true that, you know, maybe these kids, if they were at from home, they would never be able to experience these kinds of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it pretty cool that, that, and yeah, I mean, I remember when Mike was running the, the Desert Road. Those are voters, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's taking me back. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned Q. Um, mm-hmm. You recently got an award from from Q. What was it? What was your award for? So, I'm, I, um, I, so Q does just an, an awesome opportunity of of uh, supporting affiliates, and so obviously Q is 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 just a huge organization dedicated to professional development and educational technology across the the state, and they they support affiliates. And affiliates can form when there's a region in the area, and they decide to come as, as an affiliate of Q and support the mission of Q. And so about um, probably a little, a little over. Two years ago, or about three years ago, we be, we began the process. I and some some edu- some just just really great, awesome educators from across the valley. They're just you know we're all share the same passion for technology. Uh, we came together and we went through the process of applying to Q to be endorsed and recognized and accepted as as an affiliate. And so we are Imperial Valley Q. And so across the state of California and, and even in Nevada, there's, there's 22 different affiliates. We have San Diego Q, uh, there's a Q at Coachella, LAQ, and San Francisco Q. It just, there's, there's just 22 different affiliates across, across the, the, the state and mm-hmm. so on. And, um, so they, they had this uh, award for the first time and, um, and so I was recognized as, as the affiliate leader of the year, and it was just in recognition of, of my of my work as as the as the leader. I'm the board president for Imperial Valley Q, and it was just um, I mean it was just a huge honor because I I mean I, I see I mean Q 
has some phenomenal people working for them everywhere and i mean i was just i couldn't even believe it that they had they had selected me right because yeah. i know the kind of talent that they have so it was just it was just truly humbled and honored and i think more than anything it's been it's been a, a reflection of the talent that we have in the valley right because mm-hmm. the affiliate is is uh, we have uh, seven board members uh, from from across the valley uh we have just some outstanding educators from our central um we have fernando Reyes here from colexico antonio ramayor from El centro ascension reyes some of the names that might be familiar to you mm-hmm. norma gomez jessica ortega Ed, edward avelar and so we all just are just very passionate and we have a lot of educators that are also support the affiliate that they haven't wanted to take an official board position mm-hmm. but we've also just benefited tremendously because we have a, a just a great partnership with the Imperial County Office of Education. Uh, Dr. Todd Fennell, who's the superintendent uh, for our county superintendent, is just a huge supporter of yeah. technology. And his, yeah, I remember back in the day, he was in charge of the technology department. Right? Yeah. I mean, just obviously, you're, you're familiar with Todd and his leadership that he's provided for the county and across the state and how well he's recognized. And so he's been, he's, he's, he's just with him and his staff, Terry Sanders, and we also have a great partnership with the Jeff Enns at Imperial Valley College. And so annually, we come together, ICOE, Imperial Valley College, um, and then IVQ, and we put together our annual event, which is Tech de Mayo. We, it's always on the first uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend. We, we got ours coming up this Saturday, May 4th. Uh, we're super excited. We're just going to have uh, we're gonna have a full slate of very talented educators from. I'm very excited because this year we're actually having presenters from outside the Valley come over to Tech de Mayo and present. And then we have Leslie Fisher. Uh, Leslie Fisher is just uh, is just phenomenal dynamic keynote speaker that leaves you with like a ton of ideas that you can do on monday when you come back to your classroom mm-hmm. so she'll, she'll be our keynote speaker so just super excited it's always an annual event it's real nice to be doing it in, in, in collaboration with other organizations and and i just think it's, it just needs evidence to to how special things can be when you when you're when you're working in collaboration with different people and with um and with different organizations and and I think you were kind of asking me about my career and a little while ago and it's this kind of thing that I that I wanted to share you know I I, I you know there was a time when I was very competitive right and I wanted to ah you always wanted to compete and you know you, you wanted you wanted to perform well and for the area that you were working on and and, it, and it's been several years now where I just think that I've really been able to. So just kind of embrace the, forget the competitiveness, you know, yeah. just kind of working together with different people, with whoever wants to work and just the power of working and networking, just a huge part of my role today. It really is networking, yeah. getting to meet other people, getting to be able to share resources, learn from others. And it's been something that's been, that has served me well over the years. And certainly I think, um, even just like with the work through IVQ, it's, 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 it's evidence of that, something that we're trying to promote a lot here within the district, but also across across districts. And then just really as we're beginning to see, we're beginning to see us being able to, and I don't, and I can't take credit for it because we have some, some folks that are really good at it here in the Valley, but they began to branch out and wanting to work with, with other, other districts across Southern California. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that, that partnership and working together. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. Uh, I think this Tech the Mile is going to be the best ever. And I, and I think because uh, you're starting to see us being able to grow, network, connect, and, and, and just bring different different expertise with different talents here to the Valley. So for people that go 
I think they're going to be tremendously pleased with the quality. I, I think it's always been great, and it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. And you see that evidence. Yeah, and, and you bring up networking, and that's something that I've also learned from you know doing the podcast. Like, um, I've I've I've, such, I've I've had a chance to talk to a lot of you know really interesting people, um, and a lot of them like see the you know the goal and what I'm trying to do. You know, just to inform the community, um, and and kind of like put the spotlight on, on on people that I feel the community should should know should get to know um because it, you know they're some way or another they're impacted by them and a lot of people like see that and they're like you know what you know you should talk to so-and-so um here's their number or or let me know and then and you know i'll reach out to to them so they can reach out to you blah blah, blah. but it's it's a really you know we're we're in, in the same valley you know we benefit from you know each other's success so i think that you know especially with you know having the ivq it, it's important that you know you bring especially people from the valley you know chime mm-hmm. in and their ideas because um we're a unique valley um mm-hmm. I, I think something that i've always um you know maybe brought up in, in, in meetings that we've had with the technology communities like do we look do are we looking into other um districts that that are having success that are really similar to us mm-hmm. um and and i mean it might be really hard but like if you look at other school districts here in the valley that mm-hmm. have the same you know kind of demographic that we do it's a good way to kind of like measure um mm-hmm. You know, you know, stuff that we could use, uh, use that's already done by somebody else that has the same demographic. You know, it's a it's a good yeah. way to to do that, and and it's good that we have the IVQ in, in, in the valley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll take the mile. Make sure you guys go out there if you're if you're. Is it only for educators or is it? It's it's open to to anyone who's interested. I know this year we're 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 trying to really also cater a lot more to to the community college as well uh definitely would encourage um libra- librarians anyone that really has um an interest in in working with, with with children in whatever role that they have has an interest in working with children or students and and and, and how technology supports their work you know if, if that's something that is of your passion then i think technomile is perfect for you we have a variety of sessions we got things from 3d printing to amplifying student voice uh the use of video uh and just uh, just a, a definitely a lot of google apps so we just have a lot a lot of different sessions to support really the, the, the mission about how to support the effective use of technology in the classroom and it definitely we're opening it up to 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 staff in whatever capacity whether it's working in the after school program uh, we just had recently um we had the day of play it was hosted by uh by uh uh ivq we had it here at jefferson um we 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 put it kind of last minute and didn't advertise as much but we had a free event and and it was just some of the valley's finest coming over and just having playgrounds and you could come over and just test out whatever they had so we had green screen 3d printing augmented reality virtual reality and we have one of our staff members from our after school program who's using uh she's using makey makey i don't know if you're familiar with with makey makey oh I my son using this i mean it was just impressive stuff right i mean there was a lot of impressive stuff in mm-hmm. it but I, I i just i was like wow you know if, if i was if i was in school here and you know i mean i would want access to it not just after school but during school too right just real real impressive stuff is you have all these things that connect and you program them using scratch to different to different 
to do different sounds or to record voice. And so she literally had like a little piano where you would tap it with your toes or you would tap it to fruit and you just program it, right? When I touch here, it's going to make oh, the sound. Okay, yeah, and, and you connect it with little, um, yeah, I think I've seen it. Totally awesome. It was, it was blowing me away. And so definitely, um, and that's one of those things that technology is, is so vast, right? There's so many different fields, yeah. so many different areas. You just you just can't be an expert in yeah. in all of it. And so why it becomes so important to just really leverage those partnerships, those that networking. Uh, it, it's just really is a, a piece where we're all we're all better by 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 working together. And, and it truly is, I think, in all terms of, of, of instruction and definitely in terms of, of instructional technologies, because it's just an area. I, I gave up trying to learn all these new things. You just can't keep up. You, yeah. you got Raspberry Pi and, and you got um, all these different Arduinos. It's, it's just hard to do. It's for kind of where I just started embracing more from a leadership standpoint. How can I support, encourage for, for different teachers that are interested in it to to go out and and um, and and learn these new tools and, and support them and bring them back I, I, I sent out to a few folks um, they had a free Raspberry Pi Academy and I haven't heard from a few of the folks that I sent it out to but one of them in particular uh, Luis Garcia uh, from mm-hmm. the high school he applied to the Raspberry Pi Academy and uh, it's a free academy uh, sponsored and provided by by Raspberry Pi and so he got accepted so this summer in Irvine he's going to be spending a couple of days and he'll mm-hmm. be come out on Raspberry Pi certified and so I, I'm you know what I'm, I'm super excited for <laughs> what students in Colexico High School yeah. that'll benefit from from Mr. Garcia that are participating in the academy and, and not sure I don't want to mention anything I'm not sure who else might have applied, but I know I know Louis for sure. He 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 sent me his acceptance letter through email, oh. and so I'm super excited about him going in. And that's really what's become our, my my role, right? So kind of think of also uh, with um with Mario Magallanes and Louis to the robotics program. We're in their in their third year of um of the first robotics uh, for for high schools. There's only about, I believe, like three three high schools in, in the Valley that, that have a robotics team. And with a lot, again, going back to networking, we met um, with JP, who's a teacher at, uh, at Central, who has a robotics team there. He has like over 10 years of experience. Um, Mr. Garcia expressed an interest. We went over, we visited. We love what it was doing for their students. We love the stories of how their students were really getting truly prepared for college. And 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 he was just a wealth of support with a lot of guidance. Go here to write this grant. Go here to apply. Uh, do this. Do that. Why don't you guys come over and test out your robot over here with us? We'll have, so we'll have some competition between us. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they were here at the Colexico High School yeah, that's right. last year. Uh-huh. And just a wonderful example, again, of how, how we're all just better together uh, through networking, collaborations, connecting. And, you know, and, and it really is how do, how do we support, you know, students from the Valley getting those type of experiences? And, 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 and we all accomplish that by not wanting to be competitive, but rather supportive of each yeah. other, encouraging each other. And he, he was tremendously encouraging. Obviously, he needs to say that we had a tremendous 
and a wealth of support here in Calexico um, from a ton of people, uh, principal, our after-school coordinator, our, our superintendent, our board. And so we had a wealth of support to put this together. And so we're in our third year of the of the first robotics team here in, in, in Calexico. They just competed in Los Angeles. And I know that they're just getting better and better. And every year when you hear the stories, you know, of the seniors getting accepted in, 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 in uh, colleges for engineering you know that's 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 what it's all about. Yeah, right. At the end of the day, that's that's what you mm-hmm. you put in those hours for. Yeah. yeah. Um, going back to you know changes. Um, I know some, I know one of the projects that that you know I've been. It's kind of like in the works because of you know I've seen the surveys that you've done mm-hmm. with the kids. Um, the library um, the, at the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know books are. I mean, it's kind of sad to say, but you know they're becoming a little bit obsolete now. Mm-hmm. Um. And in reality, you know, our library, like, we have books in it that were just sitting there. Um, I know that you guys want to turn the library at the high school into, a, like, a media center? Or yeah, so, um, and, and it's something that's going to get accelerated here a little bit towards the end of this year. But we had, um, again, thanks to um, the LCAP committee uh, who who endorsed and supported um, to have 100000 this year to convert our high school library into a makerspace multimedia lab. And so when you think of the term makerspace, right, and one of those other new areas in technology, right, and certainly not an area where where, I'm, um, where I consider myself an expert by mm-hmm. any means, but I know leveraging, leveraging some, some, some connections. I was a part of, a, of an academy where, uh, at the KCI, Cross Center for Innovation in, in Santa Clara, I was able to get some resources, some surveys, and just getting someone to kind of be able to walk you through the process and how to design a makerspace and, and point you in the right direction was just was just huge. So what we did was we we did some surveys at the high school. We did it for stu- we had over a thousand students participate in the survey, and we just asked them like a ton of questions, like if we had a multimedia center at the library, what would you want, right? If we had a makerspace. What would you want to have to be able to make stuff, right? So some of the options were like 3D printers or sewing machines or drills, bits, or you know, or, you know, Legos, you know, it was, it was or or would you want to produce music? Would you want DJ equipment? Would you want gaming? Would you? So we had a, a, like a very extensive list to collect data from students in terms of if we were to modernize our library. Uh, what would you want it in there? So from there we met. We also then in the survey asked them, would you want to be a part of transforming our library? And so we had some students that responded there. We had a meeting there at, 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 the, at the Calexico High School Library that was very well attended. And essentially what we're going to do is we're, we're putting it in the hands of students and saying, you know, here's money. Here's some money. I think we told them they had 80000 You know, here's 80000 for you. What would you do for eighty thousand? And I, I know you got to see our, and we can talk a little bit more about that afterward. But you got to see a little bit of the of the digital learning project where we had teachers competing for for a grant for a one to one. But we did we're doing the same thing with students. So we're telling students um, come and make your proposal. We're gonna have a panel for you, and we told them we gave them some tools, some guidance, some things to look for, and so we gave them some research to be able to guide them in the right ways to look at. And we're and essentially we're gonna have them present to a panel and say, if I had eighty thousand, this is what would I would I would propose that we did for for our library. Mm-hmm. They'd have to have a budget, 
you know, very detailed budget, very detailed list, very detailed designed. And, um, it's oh, amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. So we're, we're, we're going to have the students compete and design it. And they had the choice of saying, you know what? I only want to design this corner, right? Mm-hmm. With 20,000, I designed this corner here. Or we, we we're given the option of saying, you know, you got 8,000. What would you do for 8,000? And, and it's, and it's not a one shot funding. We're going to, we're going to look at at least multiple, multiple years of funding to really, really ask ourselves, in today's modern world, what should a high school look like? And the goal is to say, how can we serve our students for the students that we serve today as opposed to a library that was there to support students that was from a long time ago, right? right? And, and you see that when you see the library. And it's not a criticism. It's just it's just reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably is reality. In, it's sad, uh, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's reality. Uh, and so we're, 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 we're going to put it in the hands of students. And I know that we, we've been a little bit... A little bit on pause with that, but we're gonna we're gonna kick step kickstart it back up, and we're gonna go real fast. And we gotta get we gotta get stuff going here before the end of the school year. So we're just another real exciting project in terms of. But what like before the end of the school year, it would you know you would start with. I would say no more than a month's time. We have already identified which project which projects we're supporting, whether it's coming from one group or multiple groups of students. And then start ordering, start ordering the equipment, um, and it'll be really it's it'll be phase one of, of multiple phases in transforming. So then the next piece then also becomes it's it's we've asked the students and we've also asked for staff uh, because it goes back to the same thing when we start our conversation. One thing is access to the equipment. The other thing is how what's going to be supporting the learning with it, right? So we've asked students. So we've asked students that can help in a variety of ways. They can be part of the design team. Uh, we're going to have a, a team that's going to be part of the marketing, kind of be able to tracking and publicizing the, the updates and the progress of the, of the, of the library. Uh, then we're doing the same with some people, some students that just like to put things together, right? Let, let, me, let me put the furniture together, build stuff, mm-hmm. put, the, put the equipment together, give, give me some hands-on experience because I like to work with my hands and put stuff together. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have students that are going to host workshops, right? Uh, I'm gonna man the green screen uh, booth, multimedia part of it because I love green screen and I love video. Uh, maybe we'll have a podcasting station, right? And so if we have a student that has a passion for podcasting, then this is some of the equipment that we can have there available for them. It'd be something that perhaps they'll have a podcast show or they can help others learn about podcasting. And so we're gonna leverage, we wanna leverage the interest and the passions of students and staff. And so we're gonna be doing the same thing with staff. If you have a passion in a particular area, and it doesn't have to be tech-based, right? Because making, the maker movement is is making, building, tinkering. So it can be sewing, right? If you have a passion for sewing, then we'll, then we'll have some sewing machines. And, and, and you have a passion for uh, print screening and making T-shirts, then then that's what it will be. It really is going to come to catering to the different passions and the different work that students and staff want to make part of the high school and available for our students. The idea is students learning by using the design process, building, creating, yeah. whether that's through AutoCAD or through whether it's through drawing or whether it's through scripts, whether it's through film production or whether through it's a podcast. So um, so we're looking for uh, interesting people in all areas, including, including podcasting there, Mr. Alejo. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm, I'm down. So, I, I love doing podcasting. It's my, my new passion. I really, I really enjoy it. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that it, it 
podcasting could be a really, um, you know, really big part of, of, of kind of like showing the students showing, um, showing how they're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe like a summary of whatever chapter they read, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe like share with their classmates and they could use that as a study guide or, you know, mm-hmm. whatnot, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've been having a lot of ideas as to how, you know, you can incorporate um, podcasting into like into a classroom or whatnot. But um, you mentioned LCAP, LCAP a lot. What, what is LCAP or why does the community need to be involved and, and, and be part of the LCAP team? LCAP is, is what, is what um, dictates our funding for our school district, right? It's the, it's the local uh, control uh, a formula that they have to, to fund schools and how it's going to use. It requires a plan um, for spending your money. And so, in essence... If something is going to happen, for most part, it's because it's in the outcap, right? So s- school fundings or district funding has different forms of getting money for 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 to support schools. But the major one, and certainly there's other, but the major one that we have right now to support um, parent involvement, student engagement, uh, technology, it, it it really revolves around a lot through through LCAP. And so we have we have our goals within the instructional component. We have some very specific goals through technology. We have some very specific goals in through uh, school climate. We have some very specific goals through through parent involvement. And so I keep mentioning LCAP because what um what the district does and and and, and again a tribute to our assistant superintendent uh elisa ramirez just a phenomenal job of, of engaging all stakeholders it's, it's just a really long process of meeting uh throughout the year uh, and reporting to different groups she meets with our parents she meets with uh csea she meets uh with uh the teachers she meets with admin and she has a core group and she does a really a really extensive process of meeting with different stakeholders to create this plan of how we're going to spend our money that we receive for, for through, through, through LCAP. And so when it's in LCAP, then it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen because the money is there specifically in, 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 in actions and goals to yeah, support it. Like, kind of like budgeted out for mm-hmm. this project. Or and so our, 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 our department oversees um, the goals in technology. And we, we have a very specific set of goals through technology that, that we oversee. We have a couple of them that are that are in the curriculum part of the goals that we oversee as well, that they're technology-related. And and they're all revolved around those different components that have, that have been talking to you a lot about, right? It's, it's, it's infrastructure, it's access to tech, and it's professional development. And so that's where our money comes from. And so within those goals, they had the goal of converting our our high school to a makerspace multimedia lab, really make it a, a place for, for our, our 21st century learners, our modern learners. And and um, and so when they when they asked me to lead the process, uh, I love the multimedia part, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I consider an area of strengths, but that makerspace wasn't wasn't quite an area of space. So it's something that I had a I had to work with with a few folks together. Carmina Ramirez has been a great resource, obviously the fact that we have her position as a district librarian, someone that we've been partnering with, obviously partnering with the high school with Cynthia Salgado, we did a lot of work with them. Um, and then obviously just uh, 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 working with Eduardo, who provides just a wealth of talent in, in, in all areas. So we're, we're, we're coming together as a team, just really pulling together um, 
working with students to be able to, to, to convert our library. And so again, why it's happening or why it's going to happen, obviously all the actions have to be followed through, but the, the funding is there to support it. And so you can have all these dreams and all these goals and all these aspirations and all the things you want to do. But at the end of the day, if the funding isn't there, yeah. then it doesn't happen. Why are we making a lot of progress in terms of updating staff devices it's supported through Alcap. Why are we doing a lot of uh, a lot of movements through? And obviously, the problem becomes because you can't do everybody at the same time, mm. right? And so, you know, it's one of those things that is really hard where you can't you you can't just say, "Oh, we want to become a one-to-one district across the district," and just do it instantly because there's I mean, there's there's money to support it, but it's not to do it all in in one year. Yeah. And certainly, when you think about um, our district. And, 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 and if you see that graph of how many devices we had, and if you go to about eight years ago when it was like, oh, 500 devices, oh, 700 devices, 1,200. And then all of a sudden when SPAC came, it was boom. All of a sudden it was like 4,000 devices, 5,000 devices. Yeah. And it just grew uh, uh, exponentially. And so our, at that time, definitely, and we're still investing heavily, our, our infrastructure became very important, right? You just can't go from a network that could support a 1,000 devices to all of a sudden say, we want to support 6,000 devices. Yeah. We, we need to have a very, very strong infrastructure. And so we're working on those all those major areas. We're working on them consistently, and they all, they all support each other. They're all very important. You have the devices, and the network isn't there to support it, then it does you no good, yeah. right? Um and you have the devices and you have the network, but there's no PD to transform any of the practices, then they're sitting on a corner, locked up in a in a cow and, yeah, and so the, collecting, dust, yeah. collecting dust. And so all all those three phases are just tremendously important. And so it speaks to obviously to to the staffing that we have in relation mm-hmm. to technology. But it's just that, and then there you go. That's another one, just staffing. You know, LCAP has supported, uh, and if I'm sure you remember, there wasn't, there was a time when we didn't have a site tech for every school. Yeah. And so LCAP came in to support for us to have one per school, which again was an, an, a, a, just a huge support in the investment in terms of where we're going to technology. Because with this huge increase, as, as I know you would, you would agree, it'd just be impossible to support sharing text between schools with this huge increase yeah. into technology so it's it supports our staffing it supports our um it supports our infrastructure it supports it supports our our pd and and so it puts all those things together for for it to start you know things moving along in a positive direction in terms of of, of teaching and learning with our work with our students yeah um you mentioned um one-to-one um people like my like one-to-one one but it's one to one, like device per student. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are um, right now, like kind of like piloting a, a little group of six three teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we're gonna give them a one to one device for their students. Um, can you tell us a little bit about? Yeah, and I, and I'll go if you don't mind. I'll go a little further back. Uh, we started actually when we first started that first year, getting that support funding through through Alcap, and that's where that tech committee played a lot a, a role, right? Because you know you. You know, there's never the perfect answer for, for everybody. I always wonder, where do you start? And you got to start somewhere. At the time, uh, we started with providing all third grade classrooms uh, a one-to-one environment. So that meant every student in third grade would have access to a Chromebook, uh, 
and with that access to a Chromebook. So essentially every teacher would have a classroom set in account, be able to charge it easily. And but we did it with knowing that they would start as part of an academy where they would come in. The goal was three, at least three trainings a year to support you know, them developing their skills and using technology in the classroom. So we started with third grade. And then very interestingly, um, they, there was a new adoption for English language arts. And it happened for sixth grade all the way up to high school. And in those grade levels, sixth grade and through all English classrooms throughout the high school, they, adopt, they adopted an online textbook. Mm. Right. And so study syncs the one for six, seven and eight. And we got Pearson on for nine through 12. And so now if the student's textbook is online, then, well, then they need a device. Yeah. Right. So it just put us in, in, in a huge hurry to create one on one environments from sixth grade all through 12 in language arts. Um, through recommendations, we then went with uh, history. We currently have all history teachers, 7 through 12, uh, using a having access to a one-to-one Chromebook um, uh, environment. And they're, they're looking very likely that they're going to have an online textbook potentially as well as they're, ado- they're, I believe, piloting and they'll be going through the adoption probably within a year's time. Uh, next after that, we have science looking at a textbook adoption. And so we're looking at a very interesting things, uh, in a lot of different formats in terms of what we're doing, um, with, with textbook adoptions. I don't want to share too much into it, but we're looking into some new things that, that, that might be out there and, and really transforming what we do in terms of curriculum. Mm-hmm. But in, in essence, it explains mm-hmm. how we began the one-on-one environments, uh, across, across the the across our districts we've invested in some other areas as well this year we had an opportunity uh, we were predominantly one-on-one in fourth grade as well and then we did an academy we knew when we started working at the k2 that we wanted to go with ipads and we didn't want to go with a full grade level so we essentially did an application-based um pilot at the k2 where we told teachers that if they were ready to use technology, they needed to apply, they need to answer some essay, essay questions, and we approve a group of 22 teachers. They all have a one-to-one iPad environment, and we've been going through a series of trainings with them this year, and we have their last one coming up next next Monday, April 15th. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to have some folks with Apple here on that day. They'll be here, here to deliver part of the training. So we're very, very excited. So they're working on a one-on-one iPad environment. And then obviously we want to continue to build on that K2 group. But right now we took 22 teachers that signed up and said, we're, we're ready to take a lead. Uh, and, and, and I want to have, we want to have some, some, uh, some cool tools in our hands and really start working and transforming our instructional practices. So we have that group this year and we created another small group at the secondary level this year. But then to, to the question that you were speaking of, we had um, one of our, one of our board members, uh, Lorenzo Calderon. He, he was sharing, he had a couple of um, nephews up in uh, Tustin and he really liked what they were doing in Tustin in terms of access to technology he wanted us to go to go visit, and so we were all, all able to able to uh, to organize. Interesting, going back to networking, the one of the um, don't remember his exact title. I'm not sure if it's assistant superintendent. Uh, I believe it's assistant superintendent of of Tustin right now. Happens to be the former president for Q. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to to I felt a little comfortable. 
been able to reach out to him because I knew his relationship with Q was able to reach out and, and leverage um, a visit. And um, so we went. It was our superintendent, Mr. Gonzalez, assistant soup. Our two of our board members, uh, Ciro Calderon joined us, Eduardo joined us, uh, Jesus Bravo joined us, and we went and um, we were received by their superintendent, and then uh, and then we we were guiding a tour to one of their elementary, middle school, and high school campuses, and we were just thrilled with with what we saw. Right, it was just um, every student in six to twelve has access to a laptop that they can take home. Right. And in their case, they were currently working with a, uh, a very thin, ultra thin Toshiba. So it wasn't a Chromebook. You're talking about a full functioning, powerful laptop that they'd be able to take home. And I think they, they were in transition into a new type of model, but not not quite sure. Um, but we, we got to see and then they were using iPads K5, but those stayed on campus. And we just love what they saw. I mean, the level of articulation between grade levels, you could see how students' skill sets were being built from sixth grade on up. Mm. Skill sets in animation, skill sets in video, skill sets in coding, skills, skill sets to develop to engineering. And it was just really nice to see the level of work that they had and how it, they supported each other between levels. And so we... we we like we love what we saw, right? And so we we came back, been having a lot of conversations about how do how do we replicate that? How do we start it at a very small pilot, something manageable, something for us to to small enough for us to be able to make it work, learn from experiences. We made some great connections there at Tustin that we're going to leverage and be able to get some more resources from them in terms of um, their learning from the beginning, their, 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 their notifications, their communications to home, their policies, and so forth. But we're actually really excited because what we did is we were able to allocate uh, with the NALCAP that we had enough to support uh, seven classrooms. And so we're, we're going to move to provide seven of our sixth grade classrooms with a MacBook Air, one-to-one. Uh, -one. Key thing here is just, just like Tustin is, students can take the device home. Mm -hmm. They get to take the laptop home, right? It's not just having access to it yeah. uh, okay. in the campus. And we did an application. We did an application. The first phase was we needed to have teachers from the entire grade level willing to commit together as a team. We had the tech committee serve as an audience. And um, you, you were able to enjoy part of that process yeah, from the audience. Yeah. We asked them some really good questions, and they had a, had a great presentation answering those questions. We had a rubric. So we selected the sixth grade team from Cesar Chavez. We're definitely a lot of kudos and real, real proud and happy to them uh, that they took that step and in, in, in working together as a team and, and going to take this exciting project. We then move into phase two. We wanted to be able to support a few more teachers uh, that be willing to to. In this case, they didn't have to be with the entire team, but we had enough funding for three more classrooms. And so we had six applicants. And so in a couple of weeks, we look forward to uh, interviewing and or having them present in front of the tech committee. And we'll, we're going to narrow those six uh, applications to three. We're going to we're going to we're going to um, we're going to look at selecting the, the three teachers that we feel that are best prepared to take on because you're talking about some heavy investment, right? Yeah. And so it takes a lot of commitment. You know, you don't, you don't want to make that kind of commitment in, um, 
you really want to see level of preparedness, level of commitment, because that's exactly what it is. It's just it's a huge rep- responsibility. I think it's a huge responsibility to look at a Chromebook one-on-one environment, but you're talking about a full functioning powerful laptop yeah. that's going to go home that if they don't have internet access at home we're going to provide them with internet access at home mm-hmm. and so the message really has been to the participating teachers is that this is this is a very progressive uh opportunity where we're looking for some very progressive education moving forward right we can't have this level of investment with traditional 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 uh, teaching practices next to some very high-end uh, 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 expensive commitment in terms of technology yeah. we have to have a commitment obviously from our end we're very committed to professional development time for planning we're making a commitment to bringing them in and giving them some time to plan the summer before the school year starts we're actually looking at starting their training this year uh, we've ordered the the devices they're on route oh, so wow. they're, they're on route they'll be here soon um, and we're, we're we're looking to start training next month we're waiting to identify the next group of teachers as soon as we identify them we're ready to start beginning their training as soon as possible and we have a lot a lot of work to be ready to kick off um for next school year and i have heard that the students fifth grade students from Seth chavez have already been informed and i heard that they're thrilled and i can only imagine yeah. right what an opportunity that you know you're going to go to school you're going to have a macbook air your teachers going to be trained and just the level of opportunity in terms of, of, well, first of all, what the access that it provides to you and then being really being very, very strategic, very specific in the skill sets that you want to develop. So just to kind of walk you through the training process, it really starts with a lot of reflections and conversations. And the conversation starts with what are your hopes and dreams for your students? Mm-hmm. Right. And when when you when you identify your hopes and dreams for your students and you say, this is a school that I would want to be in here myself, Yeah. right? And then we can make everything else happen, right? If this is your ideal, if this is our, your goals, if this is the shared beliefs of everyone in the group participating, then we can really start developing that professional development and how to make them. If we want, and I'm, I'm just as an example, if the group says we believe in student agency, and so in, in, in layman terms, what a student agency means, it means providing students voice and choice. Okay, sounds cool. But what, what does that really mean? And what does that really mean in the classroom? And what does voice and choice mean? Because voice and choice means the students are advocates for their own learning. It means they get to be co-partners with their teachers to decide their educational experiences. And then that they're given those opportunities in front of authentic audiences to be able to present their learnings. And so it, it can't be an environment where you're saying, well, the textbook's going to dictate what you're going to learn next, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we're saying... We want you to be an advocate of your own learning. Then we got to give them that opportunity to to really think, reflect, advocate what they'd like to learn, cater the, their, their passions and their desires, still involved with academic rigorous standards, but based on but based on things that they find relevant and meaningful. And that's what makes the job difficult. It, it, it really is some very very difficult work it really is a different way of 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 of, appro- of approaching uh instruction but i i believe very firmly that the rewards are just going to be seen just tremendously huge right the impact the engagement the connection 
the the you're not doing this for me as a teacher to please me but you're doing some work that's going to make a positive impact in the lives of other people and you're going to get to present it in front of other people and the motivation goes through the roof yeah your work just means so much more we're so used to asking students what do you want to do when you graduate from high school that's going away what we're going to say now is we're going to give you access to some great technology and work but we're going to ask you what do you want to do right now to make a positive impact in the life of others and it's right now forget you know not, not obviously we're building their skill towards when, when they graduate high school but it's about you making a difference right now and so that's what really is what we're looking for in terms of of the transformation in the classroom and to do that it, it really starts by having those shared goals and then once you have those shared goals, develop it. And if, and if the goals are to have that student agency, then it starts by asking students, what do you want to learn about? Where would you like to make a difference in the lives of others or to community or an impact in the world? And then that's where the creativity comes for, for, for us as educators to design lessons, units of study, and, and those opportunities for students to, to, to grow and learn. Um, talk about, you know, and, and, and you know giving all this technology to students but um how are we planning to um you know get the parents ready because you know at the end of the day it's a big commitment that you know your their kid is taking this you know i don't know like fifteen hundred dollar piece of equipment home and yeah. and you know it's because the demographic from Tustin to our demographic here is not it's it's not the same you know we have you know maybe kids that live with their, with their grandparents and you know it's going to be hard for them to like help them out or you know yeah so i'll start speaking to that because it actually happens to be a question that um that comes up often right and, and not just in this work but in another work that we've done there's always something that sense of asking the question of, well what if this and what of that and you know and what happens here there's always the what ifs right and so really the, the, the huge answer to that is the best we can do is look within ourselves and say, what are we passionate, excited about and how can we make it work and how can we start doing work and how can then um, the reality is if we want students to be critical thinkers, then we got to be critical thinkers ourselves. Right. If we want students to be risk takers, we have to be risk takers ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so uh, and so. You know, is there a certain um, level of, of, of risk taking that we're going to take here? You know what? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. There absolutely is. Right. And and but we can't. We it, it's not fair for us to say we want students working together in teams collaboratively. We want students to be creative. We want students to be independent thinkers. We want students to be risk takers because they got to be prepared to take on the world when the world's in their hands. Uh, and then us not do it. And then us not collaborate. Us not think critically us not take risks so we got a model uh, uh, uh we, we all of us need to i need to model the very behaviors that that we want for we're asking, yeah. for that we're asking for our students and so to speak to the parents we actually began a uh, um so right now we have several academies so once we give a, a group of teachers a one-to-one -one environment they're they're just on continuous training with us, and we we tell we we me, we mention them as one of our cohorts, one of our academies, and year to year we bring them in for trainings. And this year we started what we're calling our Modern Parent Academy. We are in our we we're, we scheduled four when we're looking at a fifth session this year. Uh, we 
we went district wide with the recruiting. We 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 have about twenty parents, twenty eighteen parents, and in our modern parent academy, that's the exact title that we use. We've had two sessions. We're meeting once a month. Our next one is scheduled that first Wednesday in May, and then we got the last Wednesday in May, and then we're gonna do a fifth one. We haven't scheduled the date yet, but we're gonna do a screening of the movie, most likely to succeed with them. And you know, it's very interesting because I think oftentimes we feel that the assumption is that the parents wouldn't understand, right? That the parents would only understand the system that they're familiar with. Uh, you come to school, you do your homework, you work for A's, and A is good, and everything else is not as good. Mm. And 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 we have. Um, it's it's easy to fall into that to that belief of thinking that the parents wouldn't embrace or understand a system that's different. I I, I can share that in my early experience working with our parents, um, I can say that if the parent has no idea and you change the system, yeah, they wouldn't support it. But if 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 you're bringing them in and you're talking to them and you're sharing, you're sharing your story, you're sharing why we need to move. It's it's not very hard for them to see why it doesn't even move, right? That uh, you 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 they start they. I think it's easy for all parents to acknowledge that the world is changing tremendously fast, and I think when you start having them things for them to engage with in conversations, it doesn't take a whole lot for them to say yes. I see it here, here, here. The world is changing fast, and my child is not going to be ready if school doesn't start changing. I have found it just that parents are very ready to embrace uh, change in schools, very ready to support it. I I think for obviously I'm speaking of those parents that are in modern parent academies and our modern parent academy, and obviously we want to do a huge outreach then to the parents that are going to be in this in this uh, one-to-one laptop take-home component. We're we're going to do just a huge huge outreach. We're going to work with them. Uh, tremendously uh, the outreach will be there the support in terms of, of, of continuing this academy and growing with, with, with those group of students is going to be there so the parents it's, it's a group that we're going to work with um, but honestly um, I don't I don't see it being an issue in terms of them embracing it and wanting to be a part of making it something successful I, I, I anticipate a very positive response from the parents I in, in this brief experience, what parent wouldn't want a more modern learning experience for their child, right? Yeah. It, it, it's almost like it's a given. It's a given that a parent's going to say, of course, I would want that for my child. And, 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 and obviously, I mean, I mean, who, who wouldn't, right? I think all of us, I think, would, would, would want that experience for, for our own children. And so I think it's very exciting <clears throat> that we're starting this because obviously... It starts with seven classrooms, and it's a small group. But that's how things start. You start, yeah. you start small, and obviously the goal of the district is uh, to embrace and, and support and make this make this grow. Um, but this gives us an opportunity to work at a very small scale uh, within a lot of control, see it develop, and then and then take it from there. And then obviously a lot a lot, a lot of work ahead of us, but it it, it really is going to put us in a position where it really asks us to to demonstrate the very skills that we want our students to be able to show in the classroom. And how are we uh, deciding, like, oh, this is the right uh, device? You know, to, 
You know, it, it's just, it comes down to, it comes down to looking at a lot of different factors, right? There, there, it, so it isn't just, I mean, there's, you, you, you can factor in costs, certainly that's one of the things you can look at, but then you're also looking at the durability, the power of the machine, um, what you want to do with it, um, the leverages for, for, for resources and professional development. And so when you factor all those things in, it's when you're able to make a decision. So we're going with MacBook Airs. We were able to leverage a great price for them. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you would expect. I mean, what would you think we would pay for a MacBook Air? MacBook Air, like 1500 more or less? We're getting it for 725 Oh, wow. $725 um, per, per student. Um so we were able to get what I think is a phenomenal price for, for, for the device. And then just when you think about everything in, in terms that Apple provides in terms of resources for instruction. I'm not sure you're familiar, but they have their everybody can create curriculum, which is free curriculum. They have their coding curriculum they make available for free. So you have a ton of resources in terms of curriculum and professional development, they have their Apple Teacher Program. I'm not sure if you're familiar with their Apple Teacher Program. Mm -hmm. So they have their Apple Teacher Program, free program. Uh, we have, again, going back to connections, to network, where we can leverage some some free PD as well. As a matter of fact, they'll be coming up and providing uh, some short sessions for our K2 Academy, and they're going to do a session for our principals uh, on Monday, April the 15th. Um, so very, very excited to be able to have partners with you that can support teaching and learning with professional development curriculum and so you have a device that you can that i consider very durable very powerful um interesting because you go back to i'm not sure if you ever heard of seymour pepper but seymour pepper was recognized as one of the the greatest minds in terms of technology and learning and he as early in the 80s when uh, late 70s, 80s, as computers began to be developed and be placed in the classrooms, he he made the prediction that in schools um, they would grow into they would go into a situation of providing the dumbest version of computers for students, right? Because um, they would look at buying the cheapest, mm. right? And and so when you when when you look at that and and you saw unfortunately when you look at the huge explosion of computers in school I think it I, I think it came for the wrong reasons I remember being frustrated as an educator that we couldn't get enough technology in schools all of a sudden the test was going to be online and then boom right huge explosion but we're doing it for the wrong reasons we're doing it so we can administer an online test. Yeah. As an educator and as a fan of educational technology, I embraced it because said, well, whatever brings them here, then whether the right reason or the wrong reason, it brought them here. Let's, let's make sure we make use of it much more than just for online testing, right? Yeah. We, we, we got to make the use of it. So I'm a big believer in the work of Seymour Papert, right? And so and Seymour Papert also made the prediction that, you know, saying that computers would be used to program the child, but in reality... It, the computer should be purchased for the child to program the computer, right? And so we look at a lot of our practices, and 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 not to be critical or anything, because it's just the way things are, and it's just it's certainly not just collectible; it's everywhere. We have a lot of programs where the kids learn from. You know, they're on the computer and they do um, I read, 
and, and I'm not being critical of Irene. I'm sure it's a, it's a phenomenal program. I've heard great things about it. But we have way too many programs where the child is being placed on the computer and the computer providing uh, instruction or, or, or providing as a, as a source of consumption for the child. And when we talk about this digital learning pilot, we're talking about really embracing the work of Seymour Papper and the work of many of other great educational, uh, 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 greatest minds in educational technology of saying it should be the child programming the computer. Yeah. Let me have the computer do this for me, mm. right? So you start thinking about uh, coding, video production, AutoCAD. Think of all the things where students can be building, tinkering, creating, and, 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 and the child programming the computer. And so you really start looking at what what computer is going to give you the opportunities to truly help you embrace um, the goals of saying our students don't deserve what's cheapest, right? Yeah. It, sh- it shouldn't be a goal of, of what's cheap. The goal here is not to buy as many as we can at the least. Everybody likes spending the least money possible. We, we all like spending the least money possible. But the goal here isn't increasing access the goal here is really saying, what are our instructional goals for learning? And the goals are learning. That is the goal. And in anything we do, whether it involves technology or not, the goal shall always be learning, right? And so we live in a, we live in a community with high poverty, and, and, and we know that. And, and I'll be very passionate to advocate that our students deserve just as much as students anywhere else, right? They deserve just as much as students in an affluent area. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be going cheap because we're in a high socioeconomic area. Our students, and I'll advocate for this, and I always have advocated for this, our students deserve the best tools as any student in any affluent area, in any part of the country. And the goal is learning. And so when you look at that, you start making the decision, well, how can we leverage a great device? How can we leverage a great device that's going to leverage a tremendous amount of resources in terms of, of free curriculum, free professional development, that's going to really support where we want to head in terms of teaching and learning, and then you make that decision. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> um, something that I wanted to um, also talk, talk to you about was um, PBL, Project-Based Learning. Um, I know you guys visited um, High Tech High. Um, and you talk about the documentary on um, most likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's uh, really. I mean, it's because it's like um, you're going from, um, I don't know, like the wheel to like fly a flying car. You know, it's mm-hmm. like one um, spectrum to the to another. Um, t- talk talk to us about a little bit um, about project based learning. You know, what, yeah, yeah, and I think more importantly. I think one of the things that I foresee us doing, excuse me, one of the things that I foresee us doing soon here in the district, just involve around the conversations I've been, I think that we're going to come to a point where we're going to be um, working as a community to develop our, our shared mission and vision statement. We've been having a variety of different conversations where we know that our mission statement which was written, oh my goodness, I can't even tell you what year it was, but needless to say, our current mission statement as a district is just tremendously outdated, right? And so when you have, when you have, um, 
and it's not the only reason because certainly it isn't the only reason but when you when you're looking at asking stakeholders and saying what should be our purpose our fundamental fundamental reason why our school exists if you've never seen anything other than Calexico, then your answer is going to be revolving around what you've seen in Calexico, mm-hmm. right? We're very fortunate that we have High Tech High, just a, a just I mean, worldwide recognized school in terms of their work. That is um, just a two-hour drive. Uh, they've been because we're a Title One school. They give us you know special discounts on our registration. We have a great partnership with them we've, we've again great networking they'll leverage for us and work with us you know we think this training fits your your, your community because we had i've been having ongoing conversations with them it's just been great to be able to have uh, a, a school that's successful and that recognize that also kind of be able to say hey we, and we also have some grant opportunities where maybe some of the trainings are free provided by the state so we've been participating in trainings in high tech high through a variety of different formats not just not just one because they have different type of programs that they run and and really, I think sometimes the misconception when we take teachers to high tech high is to say, oh, they, they want Calexico to become the next high tech high. And, 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 and I would argue that it, that it isn't. And as a matter of fact, one of the things that high tech high will tell you on your visit, on your first day in a formal training is to say, please don't come with the goal to replicate us. Yeah. We hope to be as a source of inspiration for you to go back and design special something special for your schools. Right. And so kind of going back to the same thing, if we want students to be critical thinkers, then we as adults got to be critical thinkers because no one can solve the problems and the best solutions for our students other than ourselves, right? We're, we're, we're the only ones that can do it. Yeah. And, 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 and high, can't, high tech high can't do it for us because they have a different population of students. And so it's really going to come down to us to look real deeply, deeply come together as a community to look at, at, at the best possible solutions for, for our students and across you know, the, the, the different schools and different levels of schooling here in Calexico. But High Tech High provides just a wealth of experience. Uh, I got to give them a lot of credit that I've, I, I take, I've taken different groups. And sometimes it's, and even though they have different training, sometimes it's a training that I've been, that's re, a repeated one for me. And they're always evolving, always updating, always showing you what they're learning. And I just got to, I just got to give a tremendous amount of respect for an organization that says, as highly recognized as they are, you always see their learning and their progressions as, as they move forward, right? And and so huge kudos to them. So the goal of Calexico is not for us to when I work and, and the and the groups of teachers that we take in are the groups of teachers that are part of our academies. Mm-hmm. That's really been for the most part, and there's some exceptions, but for the most part, there's been a group of teachers that we say, you're in this academy and, and if possible we're gonna give you this opportunity to go visit. But and although I embrace project-based learning, the goal is is, is learning, right? Yeah, and I think that's the biggest misconception. You know, people mm. think that, you know, every time you go there, you're, like, you're trying to kind of, like, convince other teachers to, like, go project-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's, the you know, the lack of communication as to, like, you know, oh, we're not really trying, you know, like you said, you know, you're not trying to replicate high tech high, mm-hmm. just getting ideas, seeing what works for you and whatnot. But I think that's that's you know what other people mm-hmm. think when you know they mm-hmm. hear that you went to high tech high. Yeah, and and it's hard to control. It's a, it's a district of the very wide. Completely understand it, but really the message is when we start our work as a district moving forward to identify our shared mission and vision statement, it's going to serve us well to have 
um, stakeholders that have had an opportunity to see different. And certainly high tech high doesn't have to be the only model. I mean, we, we, we can do visits elsewhere. Uh, and when I've done visits elsewhere, we've done some visits with other schools that are working with tech, with other model users of technology, but it doesn't have to be about technology either. I think one of the people, one of the things that surprises a lot of teachers when they go to high tech high, because the name is high tech high and they expect to see a ton of tech. Yeah. And they really find out that there isn't a whole lot of tech, mm-hmm. right? Because really the predominant model of instruction is project-based learning, yeah. working with your hands and your minds. is not really about the tech. Now, do they have tech? Absolutely. But a lot of people, again, go with the perception, oh, my goodness, I'm going to see a lot of technology because I'm going to high tech yeah. high. And they find themselves very, very surprised. And so the goal really is is learning. Do I think that working with your hands and with your mind really helps you to develop long-term learning? Absolutely. Do I think that when students are, are, are working in an environment where the standards that they're focusing on are interdisciplinary, that they're all connected as opposed to separated subjects? Absolutely, right? And so do I think there's a lot of things there that, that, that we can see? Yes. But the goal is not to become exactly like them. The goal is exactly just to get us thinking saying, what do we want to accomplish for our students at this level and just really build on the things that we want to do for our students. If somebody wants to accomplish it through PBL, I would endorse it. If people want to accomplish it through blended learning, I would endorse it. If students want to embrace it from whatever instructional model, they want, uh, UDL, right, that is the newest type of model that you hear right now, uh, I would embrace it. Because it, 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 for me, it's not what instructional model you're using, what pedagogy you're using. What matter is, did you have some very clear intended learning outcomes for your students were those truly outcomes that are catered for them to develop their skills that's going to prepare them to be successful when they leave high school? Um, and you heard me share the story about the superintendent from Tustin where I said what I was really impressed with. He said, our goal in Tustin is to prepare students to compete for a job when they leave our high school, which I thought was hugely impressive, right? Yeah. Everybody else wants to get kids ready for college. Oh, yeah. They want to get ready to compete for a job out of high school and so i think a lot of that work you know do do i think it's great that we explore opportunities for our students to have internships absolutely absolutely so if we end up doing those things it's going to be because we saw it somewhere whether it was there or another place um and we and that we're able to say come together as a community and say this, this is our purpose in Colexico. This is our shared mission, our shared vision. It's going to impact everything we do in terms of curriculum, in terms of LCAP and budgeting, and in terms of all our practices, not just the instructional ones, but in terms of all our practices, in terms of our infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have changes that we need to make in terms of our infrastructure because our goals are that we have for instruction are now different or the goals that we have for our students are now different? Uh, certainly... I mean, I can't speak to it with any level of expertise, but certainly having devices going home, I'm sure it's going to have some level of planning and impact in terms of, 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 of what we do here from our from our infrastructure. Our students will have access in a manner that still have the same filters in, in schools. Yeah. And there's huge level of concerns, but really is you would want to look at them as an opportunity to develop our students with a level of maturity, a level of responsibility. I mean, what an opportunity to say we want students to be responsible right and you know and and traditionally a lot of times we look at developing responsible students as because uh, we give them homework and we give them a ton of homework and we expect them to bring it back right that's that's how we know that they're responsible Mm -hmm. right well how about i'm gonna give you a 725 dollar device um (laughs) that they're gonna be able to take home 
uh, take care of it, be a responsible citizen with it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you to produce something with it that's going to benefit someone else in, 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 in this community. I mean, how's that for a level of, 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 of saying we want to develop responsibility with our students? And it just changes the, the mindset and just changes our approach to work. And I think that um, uh, oftentimes being able to visit different schools uh, sometimes can spark just different ideas and possibilities. And, and sometimes, you know, we can say, oh, but, you know, our students are different. Well, we'll just take a risk and, and let's put a plan together and then let's do it. And, you know, and if it doesn't work out, um, as a matter of fact, when we started with um, we started with a cohort that we're really looking real deeply into real deep practices in terms, we're following the work from, from Will Richardson called uh, Modern Learners. And so the work of Modern Learners really, to make it in, 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 in simple terms, it really works at looking at three essential elements is what are your beliefs about learning? How should what's happening in the modern, in the modern world play a, play a role in how you change, how you do things? And then are you aligning your practices with your beliefs in this modern context? Mm-hmm. And when we started with that cohort, we started by, by doing a proof of concept. So we, we, we intentionally didn't call it a pilot, right? Because calling a pilot has the, the perception that, um, that if it fails, then it failed. We're trying things out. A proof of concept is more comes more for the business world. And it's a model that says, oh, we're going to do something because there's a need to do it. And if it doesn't work out, then we need to revisit, revise, and redo again. Because the reason why you're doing it still exists, mm-hmm. right? And so it takes a different it takes a different approach. Um, so kind of saying that, I'm wondering why, we're, why they wouldn't call it a digital learning proof of concept model, right? <laughs> but in, in terms of it, you know, we're, we're still looking at, I know even though we're calling it a pilot, we're, it's, it still really is the same mentality. The reality is, our district has done an acknowledgement that traditional model of instruction just isn't working for our students. It's not working here. It's not working anywhere else. The level of engagement and enthusiasm and disenchantment with school is just ever increasingly. And whether this digital learning pilot works or not, that still exists. So if it doesn't work, we need to go back to the drawing board and saying, how do we revise? How do we make it better? How do we move forward? Because... I, you know, I think we owe it to our students, you know, we, we owe it to our students and, and it's something that, that I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about all the projects that we got going on and certainly that digital learning pilot is one that, that we're really looking forward to. Um, so we're already like an hour and a half in almost, um, <laughs> um but like, I want to ask you like in the five years you've been, you've been, you know, here, what is something that you've done that you've said like, oh, you know what, that was my baby, you know, <sighs> You know what? Honestly, <laughs> I think a lot of it has just been me asking a lot of questions because um, I, I don't I don't think that there's a single thing um, that was done without me having the help of others. I I I, I um, sometimes I wonder if I annoy people, but you know I I tend to ask a lot of questions. And there's a lot of questions revolving around um, take our professional development that we do now as a district, right? And how that has changed. Mm-hmm. It's just became one of those things where we say, you know, how cool would it look like if we did PD in Calexico, like if it was a Q conference? Mm-hmm. If we had a keynote speaker and we have breakout sessions, how cool would that be? And you know what? Honestly, um, I remember 
I remember when the idea sprung up, I was with Eduardo, and I was just thinking, uh, you know, it's not going to work, you know, no one's going to listen, right? And, yeah. and, and I was kind of, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't too optimistic about it. And things happen, they develop, you, you get to ask the question and say, wouldn't it be cool if we just had a conference in Calexico that looked like it was a big conference and we did it on a Saturday, right? It was for free. Uh, we had George Kuros, who was phenomenal, and I was coming back to Calexico on, on, on June 8th. And, and the rest is history, right? We've had Marco Torres. We've had Eduardo Briceño. We've had uh, Pernell Rib. Uh, we're having George come back. Just the level of, of, of talent that we've gotten in, in terms of our keynote speaker. And then look at our teachers who's been doing our breakout session. Mm-hmm. And you see the development of the of the breakout sessions as they've developed. And so I can't take credit for for the work because it's been the work of a tremendous amount of people. I'll take credit for asking the question, how cool would it be if we change our professional development into a conference style, right? And then it was just a bunch of people, obviously huge, huge tribute just to to work in an environment where where, where you're supported, uh, in in you know in one of like one of those yes and type of environments, and, and you support you, and a lot of people come together. Our summer school program, same thing. How cool would it be if we had an academy where we did this, this, and this? Boom! A lot of people come together. They make it happen. Our 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 working with our tech committee, working with our one on one environment, all those things have been really been developed. Um, through a lot of process where a lot of people have worked together. Uh, and so I think, if anything, from, from my part that I've been proud of is just just really leading a lot of conversations, leading a lot of interesting questions, and then being an active participant in, 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 in working with others to make things happen. I'm real proud of the work that we've done here in Calexico. Uh, I think Calexico just has a lot to be to serve as, as an example in many areas, and I know there's a lot of a lot more ahead for Calexico in terms of what we're doing. But it, it's it's what I'm proud of is just to to have been an opportunity to say, what if, what would it be like, and then work with people in, in making it happen. Um, where do you see the district in five years? Wow, five years. Kind of, kind of hard to look that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you ten next. So. <laughs> uh, it's it's really hard to look that far ahead. I think um, it definitely. Um, I like to say that it's really a district that is very progressive in terms of, of education. We we have a lot of work to do, but I think that I really believe in my heart that the only way to do to go about in terms of education is being very progressive in our thinking. Um, the world is changing. I think we have a lot of momentum going, and predictions like that are hard to make. But I like to think that the prediction is that it will stay the course. Uh, that it will stay the course, gaining even more and more momentum, and really just saying, you know, what the, said the, the the bottom line is, if we're all if if we're all stop, reflect, and say, how can we make education better for students i think the talent to make it happen is is here it really comes down to saying 
let's let's it's kind of like what I was referencing in terms of the modern moment is how how do we start really aligning what we do to really match what we believe in? I think in education we get really busy. We live very busy lives, and 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 it's easy to get distracted. There's a lot of noise, and I and I like to think that in five years, Calexico will continue on the path of of really. Guys, I, I I see it. You know, I I seen it kind of narrowing in and focusing in, and and, and a lot of positive growth, and I, and I see it still continue to move forward. I mean, think about. I mean, first robotics wasn't here three years ago. One-on-one environments wasn't here a year, a year ago before. The quality of professional development wasn't here ago. I guess if you think back, what was not here five years ago, you know, first robotics wasn't here. Mm-hmm. One-on-one, well, we did have some one-on-one learning environments um, before, but it wasn't to the level that we had here before now. We certainly didn't have anything going home because we still don't, right? We're looking at having that next year. So if we ask the question, reverting back, what did we have five years ago, I mean, I wish we could have the data here and say, well, how many devices did we have five years ago? Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, I can attest to that, you know. How, what would you predict? <laughs> Bef- before. Um, um, a thousand, maybe? 700, 800? Uh, yeah, yeah. District-wide? Uh-huh. District-wide. And so if we, look at, if we look at all the growth in the last five years and we see the momentum that we have carrying on, I have to just send it by saying, I can't wait. It's super exciting to think where we'd be five years from now. And and I, I just think it's will be that much more exciting looking five years forward. And you know what? Thinking of of you know, um, you know where where we've been and where we're now, um, I think one of the things that kind of like um, has you know allowed us to grow so much is that if you think about it, um, you know we've had a lot of fluctuation in terms of admin, admin. Mm-hmm. and you've been here five years. Like you know, it's a little bit like. Um, unheard of, you know, for mm-hmm. an admin to be in the same spot for mm-hmm. that long of a time, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and I, I mean, I'm sure that you you've had job opportunities, but you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, mm-hmm. I I'm I'm guessing you're here because you like you know what you're doing here and you see the, the growth mm-hmm. and and the change that's going on. Yeah, I mean, and and it's and it's hard to it's hard to predict. You know, just so many different factors moving forward. Certainly, we, we, we all understand that. But I, I definitely, I think to to a certain degree, um, just working in an environment where you're supported um, uh, makes a huge difference. Um, working in an environment where there's the willingness to be progressive has been, has been very supportive. Working in an environment where you're serving a community where your own children and your own your own family works. You know, my wife works here. My father used to work here for the district many years. And so those are all been contributing factors, right? And so, you know, it, it's it's been it's been a um a been a big role working in an environment where it's just really like a family like environment. Um it, it's it's just one of those things that has played um a huge factor uh, in, in, in kind of terms of longevity. You know, I don't know if you've ever been here when you hear someone from the outside come in, but those of us that are involved when outside people come into trainings here from all sorts of different people that come, they're also impressed with the with the family-like environment that they feel here being in Calexico. And so we'll, we'll see what the next five years uh, bring ahead. But I, I just think that Calexico 
has to find, and you're very right in terms of admin changing, and obviously stability plays a big role. I, I, I wish uh, Collectible the, the best in terms of, of, of stability. But one of the things that is very, very important is that that as a district that we do come together and we become very centered in what we want to accomplish. Because when you have very clear goals that everybody understands, then when you have changes in staff, yeah. then that doesn't matter, Right. And, 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 and that's, that's, that's key because what you want to have things that drive the district is those shared mission, vision, goals, that shared plan, because then what drives the work is the plan and you're not having people driving the work, but the, the work should be driven by the plan and the, and the plan will continue to roll and go with it. As long as, as a district, there's a huge understanding of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. And, and that's what drives the consistency in making it grow as the years go forward. I know that at, 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 um, at Jefferson, you know, it's always one of those things in the back of my mind, right? What will happen when I leave Jefferson or, or, or I would work with teachers and they would say, oh, well, yeah, but what if you leave? That's one of the things the teachers would tell me, right? Yeah. Well, what if you leave? You know, what if you, it was always a big what if, right? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those works that, that, that I would always try to work with the teachers at Jefferson at the time and saying, we really need to be really certain about what we want to do so that when I do leave, you know, the school will, school will, 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 will continue. And, and, and certainly. So what do you think about your replacement? You know, I, I, I think very highly of Mr. Alejandro Avina there, certainly. And, and, and I think very, and I do, and I do think very highly of Mr. Mr. Avina. And I also think very highly of the staff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think that. I think the school's doing fine. You know, I think it's been five years since I left and I think the school's doing fine. I think that was, but it was very real that they would ask when we would talk about, well, let's do this plan. And they're like, but well, well, what if you leave? And it, and it was really a legitimate, honest question that was answered. Yeah. And I said, well, you, we need to understand, we need to talk about why we're doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. It can't be that we're doing this because it's the Mr. Padilla plan. It's got to be that we're doing this because it's the Jefferson plan. Yeah. And this is what we want to accomplish together. And we had a lot of things that we developed in, at Jefferson, especially in, in terms of the area of, of, of technology. There's a lot of things that where the school was very progressive, a lot of high end tech, with things that we're doing with Promethean boards, first school that had a lab with iPads, one to one instruction in the Valley. And there was a lot of things that, that the school was doing in terms of, of of tech and uh, just embracing a culture of learning. Uh, it was always a big school that was that would really really embrace learning for the adults, knowing that it would impact learning for students. And I think those things have stayed the course. And I think that's definitely that's definitely in addition to to a tribute uh, to to Mr. Avina his leadership. It's also a tribute to the staff being very very having just a great culture within yeah. the school. And being very centered in terms of what they want to accomplish to students, and I think they're doing just fine. And um, I interviewed um, Gil Rebelar; he's a school board uh, elementary mm-hmm. school board in, in, in Bali. Mm-hmm. And something that that he said that really um, stuck was um, he went to go visit one of one of, one of his schools, and and the principal told him, "Oh, do you want me to tell you our mission statement?" He's like, "No, no. If you guys are um, following your mission mission statement, I should be able to." To see it on my own, you know, without you telling me, and and I think it comes, it, it, it also falls down on, on the staff, right? If you get a new teacher, if you get a new principal, um, if everybody's you know following that mission statement or that mm-hmm. that mission, you know, whoever comes in should be able to like, uh, you know, articulate it. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I think that 
what you said and what Gil said kind of like it's mm. in the same in the same boat in terms of you know if you if you if you believe it and if you follow it you know every everybody else is gonna you know follow mm-hmm. with you so yeah. um so yeah we're at an hour and 40 anything else that you want to add i mean it's no it's just hard to believe that time flew i know uh, it's crazy <laughs> thank you for the opportunity to say we're very much a pleasure and sh- it should uh you ever want me to have for a for a repeat follow-up session don't wait five years uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but i've only had it for a year so it's not it's not like i waited five years i've only had it uh for a while and, uh-huh. and you know um i hope that you um more people you know start listening to these kinds of things because um um you know my goal at the end of the day is to inform the community mm-hmm. um and i feel that you know um you're a big part of, you're a big part of, of you know the way our, our students are learning mm-hmm. um like i said you know things are changing um and um, yeah along the way you know we're gonna um well, me as a parent and i feel that uh, i have a kid in fourth grade so Sometimes I'm a little bit skeptic in terms of, you know, the way we're going. But I feel that, you know, if you're coming with an open mind, I'm kind of like, like today, just today, like to me, it's like, I've been saying like, yeah, yeah, um, you know, you're, you're um, convincing me and, 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 and we're, what we're doing here in the district. Because um, the one thing you said that is that really stuck was um, we don't take risks, you know. Mm-hmm then why are we you know even here you know yeah um but yeah th- thank you and and yeah i mean in the future um if you have anything else that you want to share with the community mm-hmm. um you know you're more than welcome just let me know and you know uh, i'm here mm-hmm. all right awesome thank all you right, man. thank you so all right. all right guys thank thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys in the next one. Yes.